Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Do you want to become insanely successful? Do you want to be the go-to guru in your industry? Do you want to be talked about for all the right reasons? For over 40 years, Kevin Harrington has helped people just like you become significant influencers. Now he's broken the process down in the key person of influence roadmap, and it's yours for free. Just text KPI to him at 727-888-2100. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free step-by-step guide. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go-to voice everyone listens to in your industry today. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Show. This is the Digital Marketer Edition. This is Seth Green. I am here with Ford Sakes, business growth innovator, speaker, and author who specializes in helping businesses attract loyal and repeat customers, monetize social media, ignite innovation, and increase sales and profits. His efforts have helped companies generate a total of over a billion dollars. That's billion with a B in sales worldwide. Ford, thank you so much for joining us. Glad to be here. So I know you didn't always have a billion dollars in sales after your name. Let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started in the digital marketing space? Well, you know, it, it, I'm glad you asked that. I started out as an old direct response guy. Uh, you know, some of your viewers may have to actually Google direct mail to find out what that is. But um, I started out in direct mail. And so I had to learn about direct response. And then, of course, when the internet became big, obviously, in the 95 and going forward from there, I transferred those same skills to the internet, which of course was a lot easier. And, uh, and then, you know, it's so funny as, as we start this interview, I always come across these new podcasters or something and, and are new and they say, you know, I've got the most creative thing. It's called a lead magnet or it's really cool. It's called a headline. And, oh and, a, and it's like, yeah, it's been used for hundreds of years, but it's, it's funny. It, the, they think the digital marketing just started. Yes. Well, it's just a new medium, you know? Exactly true. I, the first recorded sales letter I ever found was, you know, thousands of years old when a church had burned down and was raising money to repair itself. So I totally understand. I have been a student of the game for a very long period of time. So you've got a billion dollars in sales that you've generated over your career for your clients. Who is an ideal client for you? Well, you know, to, to give you kind of an a, a background on, on my business model, I run a company called Prime Concepts Group, which is an integrated marketing company. And then I speak and train all over the world on business growth. So my revenue model is a little bit different. So to understand my business, I speak and train, which of course brings in new clients. Uh, and then I have consulting, which of course consulting leads to projects. I have professional services, which allow me to go deeper with a client and do done for you services. And then we sell how to products. And then we have joint ventures. Now, now the reason I say this is not to promote my business. It, it's for you and your listeners to look at what's your revenue model. What, how are you really trying to work? So my revenue model works pretty well because I'm positioned. I've got a big digital footprint. And then that brings in customers. So my ideal customer for speaking is franchise organizations and business owners because those are the people that want to learn how to find, attract, and keep high-value buyers, right? 
but for um, you know professional services, it might be web development or video or graphic design or how-to production. We publish books, so it really the ideal customer question is really an important one to ask. But it's different depending on which uh, vein of the revenue model I'm working in. Absolutely, and you've grown the company a lot over the years. Um, when did you guys get started as Prime Concepts? I started Prime Concepts in 1987. I had a sporting goods company. I invented a few other products that people would know if I mentioned it. It was sold in Walmart and Sharper Image and Sky Mall and all these catalogs. And people started to come to me, Seth, and say, hey, how did you take an idea from a napkin and bring it to fruition? Like, what did you do? How did you do it? Well, after about the first two clients I started helping, I'm like, you know what? I had to charge for this. <laughs> so that started the consulting company in 87. And then that led to public events. I've done over 1,500 public events. And then that led to the corporate keynoting. And that led to the, the company because I would go out there and I'd speak on business growth. And people would say, well, you know, you really understand it. Can you just do it for me? So I tried farming it out and taking 10% off the top and just finding vendors. At the time, it, it just wasn't feasible. So I ended up you know, having a company. Well, congratulations. You've achieved an incredible amount of success along the way. How do you currently uh, recruit, hire, and train the folks who work for you? It's really interesting because I'm real, I really look for attitude over skill. You know, if they have the right attitude, you know, if, you, if you're looking to hire, you know, you're going to hire for skills, or you're going to hire for attitude. You can train skills, but it's a lot harder to train for attitude. So uh, I prospect like everybody else. I look on LinkedIn. Uh, I do a three-part interview where the first thing I do is a Zoom interview like what we're doing today. I actually, if they, if they can't do a Zoom interview, you know, I'm a, I'm a digital marketer. If they can't handle the technology of doing a remote interview, I don't even want to consider them, right? Because a lot of my clients I work with are all over the world and they need to be able to use this technology, which is so easy, of course. Um, so it's really, it really comes down to looking for the right skill sets, <laughs> creating a job description that has MTNO. So when I'm looking to hire somebody, whether it's a video guy or graphic or web or copywriter or whatever the facet of the job is, I look at what's the minimum, what's the target, and what's the optimal. And then I create that job description, and that way during the interview, I can show them, look, you know, this is what success looks like. If you can perform a minimum, you know, you get to keep your job, but we'll coach you to be better. Target means you're doing a good job, and optimal means you're really stepping above. Awesome. And then... How do you scale your business? How do you know when it's time to hire more? How do you know when it's time to grow? How do you manage that process? Well, you know, I'll talk about how I manage it, but also how I would answer that for a client. You know, it's so, it's so often, and even in my own companies, you know, people always talk about the success, like in the intro, oh, responsible for a billion dollars in sales. What they don't tell you is, you know, I lost $2 million doing this deal and I, I lost 180000 promoting an event that nobody showed up for. I mean, no one ever tells you about the arrows in the back, right? They always just want to talk about all the things that work. So while I have been very successful at what I've been doing, by no means for those people watching, has everything I've done be perfect. I just want to clarify and put that disclaimer out there because there's so much BS going around. I mean, if you turn on your phone or go online to social media, you know, if I have to watch another guy being interviewed from his beach house with his Lamborghini out front talking about how he may, you know, retired at 22 years old, which there are people who've done that. Like I'm not, I'm not, but it's a lot harder than that. So going back to, you know, if I haven't already forgot the original question, the, the biggest thing about scaling is really looking at a couple things. One, starting out with your ideal customer, kind of like you asked me in the beginning, you really need to know Who's your ideal customer? Because so often 
companies want to diversify, but they end up diversifying. They end up taking a, a concept that they think works in one vein and they apply it to another vein and they actually spread themselves too thin and they lose money. So I would, I would focus on not so much scaling as I would profit. You know, it doesn't matter what your top end dollar is. It's, you know, how much do you get to keep? I invented a sporting goods product in 1982 um, 80, 80, and uh, grew it to $10 million in sales in three years and ended up having over $50 million in sales. Now, it sounds impressive, but the first year that I had a million dollars in sales, I actually lost I went to my accountant and I'm like, hey, a kid from the projects, no college education. I made a million dollars. And they said, hold on there, Skippy. You sold a million dollars. You're $150,000 in debt and you took home $16,000 last year. And I was like, crap, that's not good. So I had to go back and learn about, you know, chart of accounts and, and balance sheets and income statements and receivables and, and, and all the ratios to run a business. And I had to go back and really learn how do you run a profitable business? So answering your question as far as scaling and all that, I would start with you need to make sure you know who your ideal customer is. You need to focus on profit first. Make sure you understand that you, know, you don't go broke making a profit. It's not about the, the top end dollar. It's what you keep. Um, a year ago, two years ago, I think it was probably three years ago now, um, you know, I had a firm with about 50 employees. Uh, my overhead was about $160,000 a month just to break even. And you know, I, was, I had the high end numbers, but I really wasn't happy and, I, and I, you know, I wasn't really having a lot of fun managing all these people. Um, my biggest company had 100 employees. My company now has seven and that's perfect. Like I'm, it's manageable, I can do it. And Seth, here's why. In business, people are good at one of three things. They're good at making something, they're good at marketing something, or they're good at managing people. Very rarely are they good at all three. So you have to really know what your strengths are and hire your weaknesses. So when it comes back to diversifying, I would just caution people, you know, you can grow too fast. Cash flow is, is the biggest issue. You might have the greatest product in the world, but if you can't grow profitably, it doesn't matter. You, you, you know, you can't, you can't sell it for less than you make and expect to make it up on volume. Very true. So You've got so many different revenue streams that you mentioned earlier. How do you create more products and services and how do you test them in the marketplace? Well, I test, I test slow. So I, 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 the four words I start with are test, track, modify, and repeat. So I'm looking at testing. So I mean, at the end of the day, people want to know four things. What's wrong with me? Can you fix it? How much does it cost? And how long is it going to take? So when I develop a new product, the first thing I look at is what do people really want? Not what they need, right? People don't do what they need. They do what they want. I mean, I mean, I had pizza last night for dinner. I probably needed a salad, right? People, people don't do what they need. They do what they want. So the first thing is don't find a need and fill it. Find a want and fill it. That's, that's the first part. Uh, the second thing to develop a new product is really to look at what problems do you fix that other people will pay to make go away? So whether you're selling information products like I do now or physical products, I mean, I was in sporting goods, childcare, automotive, medical. So I've had physical products and I've got patents and I've invented and sold products through retail, wholesale, uh, distribution networks, through dealer networks, I've exported. I've done a lot of different things. But what I found out was that people will pay more for information than they will for anything. And so when you're developing an information product, start with the question of, what problems do you solve that people are willing to pay to make go away? That's the key point because you might be an expert on solar eclipses 
and be an author and write, but no one's going to buy it. Like it, there are very few people, right? So what problems do you solve? That's the first question. The second question I ask is what format do they want to consume the information in? So for me, I, I, you know, I teach hard skills, you know, soft skills, but hard skills, you know, how to, how to get more internet traffic, how to get top rankings, how to increase your conversions, how to create sales funnels, blah, blah, blah. Right. I, that's the kind of skills I, I, I work on. So video for me is, is one of my most uh, effective ways to sell my products because people want to, it's visual. They want to see how to do it. Now, if you were doing soft skills like leadership skills or motivation or diversity or some other type of training, then audio might be better. And then of course, written format. So it really comes down to what problems you solve and then what, what format or formats does your market want to consume it? And then that goes to questions from there, you know, create the foundation of, okay, what are we going to sell? And you know, what's our product pyramid going to look like? What price points do we want to offer? and so forth. And I know I talk fast because I'm just excited. <laughs> we appreciate your excitement. I am the same way. Although I interviewed someone for my own company uh, that, that we are, because we're currently recruiting. And I interviewed someone and said, after I got off the phone, oh my God, I finally found someone who talks faster than me. Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't understand them. So you're doing just fine. All right, so great. you talked about creating more products and services. And then how do you, Mar I, you've, how do you balance it all? Well, I, you know, uh, you goes back to what you said earlier. I balance it by finding really good people and really staying grounded. So, you know, when I get up in the morning, I used to just check my email right away. And now I open up YouTube and I'll listen to some of my subscriptions. I might open up a TED Talk or it might be an audio book on Audible. That might be one of my clients. I have a lot of authors, trainers, experts that are clients that have sent me their products. So I want to spend about 20 minutes just focusing my brain on something before I get into my email because you know we're in this you know attention zone where you know everything beeps and we have all these notifications and we think we have more productivity but we're really just busy it's not really productive so I I balance it by taking 20 minutes for myself in the morning I make sure that I have uh, an opportunity to work out every day even though I'm I, I'm clinically obese at my weight if you wanted to put me on a scale, but you know, I go to CrossFit several times a week. I ride my bike. Um, I, you know, I like to eat, so I have to do these other things, uh, but I, I balance it making sure that I'm taking care of myself and my mind and then really looking at what's really important. You know, life's so short. It goes by so fast. I mean, Seth, I'm 57 now, and I, I mean, if I didn't know how old, you know, the question I always ask people is, if you didn't know how old you were, how old would you be? I mean, if you didn't know, if you woke up tomorrow and you didn't know, well, I'm probably, you know, my wife would say I'm an, an adult man child at 12 years old, but you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm about 30, but again, don't look like 30 and certainly, you know, energy wise, I'll lack it. But um, I do take care of myself physically. Then as far as my business is concerned, I focus on uh, of the three strengths, you know, marketing, delivering the product or managing. I'm definitely would say marketing is one of my strong points. I understand how to create compelling value propositions and connect them to the market. So I like to focus on marketing uh, and I, I like to hire good people and, and let them do their part. So I've got a great staff that does the management part. I sell everything. If I'm going to sell, I'm, I'm pretty much the salesperson. I'm going to build a relationship. Uh, and then I've got a team of people who can help manage. The biggest mistake I made was thinking I could do it all and then trying to improve your weaknesses. Yeah, you want to know what your weaknesses are, but you really want to make sure you get somebody else to do your weaknesses. Otherwise, you're just going to have a bunch of mediocre strengths. 
That makes sense. With all the success you've achieved, what's your biggest challenge now? I'd say the biggest challenge still is focus. You know, I, I see opportunity everywhere. I, I get presented with a lot of opportunities. Uh, this weekend, I'll be at the National Speakers Association uh, event, and there's going to be, you know, 3,000 people. I've been in the industry for 25 years, so I know, you know, most of the members. I know a lot of them. Um, I would say I'm known in that industry real well, although people might not even know what that is. It doesn't matter. But I'm going to be presented probably with 10 joint venture deals next week. Um, I, start, I was the founding member of the Million Dollar Speakers Group. doesn't mean anything. It just means I had over seven figures in sales. Again, sales aren't profit. So just want to be, I just, for those listeners, just please just, you know, you, you got to just know that if someone says that, what, what's the real number, right? Anyway, so I'm going to be presenting. Our, our, the hardest thing for probably me. probably have a mutual friend, Robin Robbins in common. Yeah. Uh, who says top line is for vanity. Bottom line is for sanity. Yeah. That's a, that is such a great statement. That is so, so true because, you know, everybody talks about the top line number, but they don't talk about the bottom. So the biggest thing for me is really staying focused. I see opportunity everywhere, and so I've had to be able to say, okay, yes, that sounds exciting, but I'm going to put, I'm going to park that. So I have a parking lot. Um, I keep a, a, a journal on my phone for ideas. I park them into the, the parking lot, and I just say, okay, when when you know if hell freezes over, then I'll go to the parking lot and I'll see if I can pull something. But I I I've said no more probably in the last five years than I used to. I used to say yes to everything because I could see the opportunity in it but that doesn't mean it's always a good opportunity. What do you like best about what you do? What I like best is, is, you know, being able to help people really is fun. And whether it's on a podcast or an interview like we're doing today, uh, whether it's a keynote speech or, or uh, a consultation working with someone's brand right now, I've got a couple really cool projects I'm working on and we're designing the brand. We're working on the brand, the messaging, their distribution model, their pricing, the upsells, the downsells. So it's really fun to, to work on all those things. And the most fun part is being able to take something from an idea and then be able to bring it into fruition. Like last week, I worked with a lady who um, has a big following. Uh, and I said, look, you need to do a webinar. People are wanting what you have. They're all over Facebook. You need to do it. She's like, well, I don't even know how to do that. And I said, look, I'll help you create the landing page and the promotion. It's not that hard. And she's like, well, I don't even know how to do it. I said, look, you've been doing Zoom calls with me for a year. Just You're going to do it just like this. And she says, okay. So she sold 248 seats at $97 in three weeks. There you which go. Is, which is very respectable. When I do a webinar... I'm going to sell maybe 30 to 100 tickets. Like, I, I'm not saying I'm getting, you know, but she did. She sold 248. I went to her one shopping cart account. I looked at the sales. She's using Webinar Jam. I, I looked at the numbers and I um, was like, holy crap. But again, she already had a presence. She already had a footprint. She didn't just come to the market and go, oh, I want to sell a webinar. She already created value, created the relationship, and then offered something for sale. Which makes a whole lot more sense. We know your time is incredibly valuable. I greatly appreciate it. I've got a page of notes already. I'm sure I'll have more when we listen to it again for the editing purposes. Um, anything else you want to share that I didn't think to ask? No, I just appreciate being part of, part of your, your, your presentation, your podcast here. And um, no, any questions, anything else you need, you can, you can reach out to me. Uh, it's great that you reached out and, and you connected and you know you were saying, hey, I want to make real connections with people. And one of the best ways is to interview because then you can, you can have your BS detector on and you know, okay, either this person's for real or this person really is drinking from an empty well and there's no content there. 
<laughs> that is an excellent analogy for it. For the folks who want to learn, watching and listening to this, who want to, who resonate with what you're saying and want to learn more about you and what, what you do, what is the best place for us to send them? Two places. One, I want them to go to fortify.tv. This is, this is a link to my YouTube channel, which you can subscribe to weekly videos on business growth, innovation, digital marketing. It, it's any, if you're in business and trying to make money, it's a, there's no, no opt-in other than to go to YouTube and click the link. So it's a subscribe on LinkedIn at fortify, like my name, like a car, F-O-R-D-I-F-Y.tv. That's the first thing. Second thing, if you want to learn more about how I can help, you can go to primeconcepts.com. If you want to ask me a question directly, you can reach out to me at forward at primeconcepts.com. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. We greatly appreciate your time. Thank you. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>